I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Supercoach Edge for the round five review and round six preview. And since we left you last week, there's been uh, plenty of news, you could probably say. <laughs> well, the AFL continued their pursuit of covering their own asses from potential future lawsuits around concussion with Will Day suspended for two weeks. Jeez, how did that happen? Come on. How is it even suspendable? Two weeks. Oh, yeah, a little alone one. Right. Come on, just give him one. Mm. Yeah, we could probably delve into this a bit further, but we won't because we'll, we'll continue on. <laughs> and that continued as we record this episode at the moment because... News has come to uh, to light that Tom Green, Taylor Adams, and most surprising of all, Zach Merritt being offered one-week suspensions. Absolutely ridiculous. Jared Witts failed to return to the team, out with soreness once again, as owners were left scrambling to cover for him again. We finally, finally saw the unveiling of the Yeti himself, yes. the man, the myth, the legend, Will Gould, which is why we're calling this episode... The Gould Rush because we all got a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of a rush in our bodies, a little bit of tingling. It was amazing to see him just be unleashed. And yes, he does in fact exist, and it was a thing of beauty. Mm. Although, Liam, we both had a bit of a uh, brief discussion, just as a bit of a um, bit of a side note to this uh, to this monologue. I only saw him. I only saw him when they had wide angles on. I didn't mm. see any close up shots. I just saw only the wide camera. And I'm still not convinced that he actually exists, but we'll take the word for it, maybe. I guess. But meanwhile, Doherty owners were forced to trade, if they weren't already, that is, after news of an MCL injury with one of the more popular trading options of Dawson being an absolute pig, going best on ground with no tag against my mob who put in a pitiful performance, mind you. But Liam, I imagine you had a better weekend with the Dons putting on an absolute clinic against the Ds. Yes, yes, thanks, Damon. It was a good weekend. 
um, enjoyed enjoyed a good win for my boys, which was which was nice. Um, but what was almost as equally as nice was uh, thinking that Clary might have actually dropped in price. But uh, Setters, the tagging job was was good early. Um, I think it waned a little bit as the as the game went on. Um, so he did storm home. I think he ended up with forty one disposals. Um, after having, no I think it was like two or three in quarter one. And then I think he had 10 to half time. So like went absolutely nuts. Do you reckon it was kind of like a ball on a string type scenario? You know, you those, those are uh, those balls that you get little, little kickback things where you're like, <laughs> you tie them around your waist and then you kick the foot in and it bounces back. It was virtually, I reckon he was just out the field with one of those. Well, I reckon the game, yeah, well, basically I reckon the game went the way that we kind of spoke about, I think last week in the wet, um, like the the first half of the game was pretty dry, and then the second half was when the rain started, and that's when Clary went nuts, like a pig in the proverbial shit. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lapping it up. Oh, His trotters were getting dirty. Yeah, pretty much. It was very yeah. I mean, it it, it was basically after half time it started raining, so like yep. it, it literally was the Pickish the weather change. So yeah, didn't 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 see it. Not owners, if I'm honest. I thought I was gonna potentially get him for a very juicy price, uh, but it was also good to see the rucks put in some very decent scores and reward us all, considering none of them have really fired at the same time. We had Marshall with 123, Tim English 139, Grundy 128, Draper 103, and Darcy 136, and even Asava, Radigalia went went ahead with an 88. Damon, how'd, how'd you how'd you say that? Who's that? Oh, is it that like that uh, that attempts to play football for Geelong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that bloke. Yeah, very good. I don't even know how he's on the list, but uh, good on him. Good on him. But it was actually quite funny. And I tip of the cap to him. He's uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll own that if he puts in good performances like that. <laughs> but I must say, again, he went missing. And if I was an owner, yeah. I would be a little bit a little bit uh, salty, even though he put in a decent enough score. But he looked like he was killing it early on and then went missing. Where does he go? Does he go to the local tuck shop just down the road? I'm just, oh, I'm just going to go get a pie, just smash a pie. It's just, yeah, interesting. Interesting behavior from Masaba. Mm, yep. Agreed. Agreed. But we also have some exciting news before we tuck into yes. the show proper. We'll be uh, chatting with Shorty of Shorty Supercoach, getting to answer some questions. It's a bit of a, a long-awaited collab that uh, has been weeks maybe months in the making. Yeah, I reckon about a month now because uh, there's been some oh. and apologies, but I forget the name of the other uh, user uh, or user. Mm. User. He uses us. That's, that's virtually what it is. But the listener slash viewer yes. that has, he's, he's been at us a few times. He's been like, when are you doing your collab with Shorty? And then he's been at Shorty on his lives as well and being like, when are you when are you doing it with with the Super Coach Edge boys? So whoever that person is, and apologies, I forget your name, mate. But we are doing it. So um, yes, you can finally put your pants back on and uh, and tuck into some uh, extra content. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And before we again get into the show proper, uh, if you are wanting to find us on our socials for all the latest news of suspensions, I don't know who else is going to get suspended mm. this round. Uh, Post match Super Coach scores. And the odd meme or two. Maybe you need to, you know how we used to always, um, you used to pick players that used to tackle. Now we're going to have to avoid mm. players. That tackle yes. Now. Nick Dacos, for example. Yeah. Yep. Seagulling. Exactly. Mm. Um, but anyway, if you want to follow us on our socials, uh, you can do so via Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore nine, and on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search supercoach edge, and that's where you'll find us. Well, let's uh, kick off the episode with uh, the usual treatment of the good, the bad, and the ugly with some highlights and lowlights. 
from the round that was. For those new to our show, in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, we roll through some of the notable and more forgettable performances across the round as we, uh, I guess, yeah, run through all that and touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle, as we say, for ultimate supremacy. Yes, and in The Good, we have uh, none other than Jordan Dawson, who backed up his mammoth score of 173 with a... Very, very respectable score of 156 on the weekend. Despite fear of a uh, a tag incoming from Hewitt or Kono, Dawson went big, increasing his price by over 60K in the last two weeks and now has a break even of 54. I think he's also the top-ranked midfielder now as well because yeah. he got dpp like it's it's all coming up jordan dawson yeah. uh so it is going to be very tough getting him in now but uh yeah gonna have to mm. find a way yep gonna have to find a way just have to chip away and just those cash cows better be cash cowing just mooing <laughs> give us give us a big old moo uh but in terms of the bad so we did uh, touch on it in the intro and the bad this week is really in the eye of the beholder and it's the pink sweaty pig himself mm. in clary oliver so the score on the weekend went from good to bad for non-owners and from, uh, I guess, ugly to good for owners as he sat on just two possessions at quarter time. And I was r- rubbing my little trotters together, Liam, because <laughs> I was thinking I'm going to be tasting some juicy juicy bacon uh, mm. of the Clary Oliver variety. But on a massive last quarter, he amassed 20 possessions, which saw him eke out a very respectable score of 115 for owners, leaving non-owners like us dreaming, just continuing to dream of just how low his price could have dropped. And I, I was doing the sums and I was like, all right, he's kind of averaging, you know, about 25 sorry, 25 points per quarter at three quarter time. And I'm like, all right, so if he hits around about 90 to 100, mm. I'll, I'll be fine with that. And then he was just bang, bang, bang. So I was lucky that he actually didn't score more than that considering he had 40 disposals. Yeah. So counting our blessings a little bit. So it could have, it could have been more, but the game, thanks to the Dons. Imagine if Melbourne were up, like if the, if the, um, the result was the shoe was on the other foot and Melbourne mm. were up by 40 points and he was continuing to kill it. His score would have kept going up. So I can thank the Dons, your mob for keeping that score down because it meant nothing, <laughs> but it, it meant was- something to us. We missed out on him. It was, I was like, I remember looking at the three quarter time score and we're like, ah, he won't make a hundred perfect. And then I was very wrong. <laughs> oh, oh but anyway. It's like the, the narrator. It's like, <sighs> yes, he was wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's not going to make over a hundred. And narrator. It's a fake. It's fiction. It's an urban legend that never happened. Anyway, let's uh, move on to the ugly. And this week, we've got it reserved for the sub rule. Now, this week, we saw a number of players cash Chen absolutely halted, all due to either being subbed off or being subbed on. We're talking about Ruben Ginby, who was subbed off at for a score of just 51, and Cam McKenzie starting as a sub and scoring just 14. We knew this could happen, but it's just something to keep in mind in the weeks that continue. Um, cash Chen is going to be a little bit of a, a struggle, Guess. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but at least at least there are some cash cows on the horizon, which we will get there into, are. obviously, um, in the next segment coming up. But it was looking like dire straits completely. And um, yeah, but we'll, we'll delve into that in a little bit more detail shortly. So let's delve into our teams, shall we? So on my front, uh, scored 2,303. And in terms of ranking... I'm going in the right direction at least. So I went up 8,848 spots to now sit nice. 23,969. Still 
little bit too high for my liking, but I'm almost you know hitting the 10 10k uh, chipping away uh, spots mm. every every week so far. So hopefully. Um, it goes in the same direction. So I did end up kicking off uh, what I'm calling the two down, one up uh, upgrade strategy uh, last week with Stuart, the big in at the expense of set and forget a field. So tip of the cap to uh, the former blue new Don uh, did his job well and truly. And the likes of Jones and Elwin Davey Jr. Made way for fresh meat uh, or fresh cash cows in Samson <laughs> Ryan and um, Michelaney kind of sounds a bit weird calling those boys fresh meat, but uh, Jones, as I expected, Punched out 28 more points than Michelini. Of course, yeah. this is always the case. They uh, put yeah. on an absolute ball terror when uh, when you get rid of him. But must say, it's that cash gen I hold most dearly long term, which is what the uh, young crow um, brought me on the weekend. First up, uh, jumping up a touch under 50K with another 30K on the horizon this week. So uh, pretty happy with that and uh, looking a little bit more rosier in terms of cash cows on the horizon, but uh, happy nonetheless to have made mm. a little bit more bank because I'll need it. I'll need it in order to bring in that sweet, sweet, juicy bacon of the Clary variety. Uh, Will Day, he was suspended, of course, for the two weeks. Mm. So I opted to hold him as a potential pod once he returns with the handy midfield defender DPP edition. Uh, it did mean that I had to rely on Wilmot taking the field, but he scored a handy 68, so I was happy enough with him. Uh, but overall, if you uh, want to check out the uh, more detailed rundown of how my team performed last weekend, uh, head across to uh, my Team Talk episode, which just dropped uh, as we recorded this um, about two hours prior on the Monday. So check that out. Uh, delve into, of course, as well, the strategy and trades that I'm looking to do this week heading into round six. So it is, of course, a YouTube exclusive for those tuning in via podcast. Uh, so jump across to there and check it out if you are interested. But Liam, how'd you go? Yes, I didn't go quite as well as you there, Damon. Uh, score of 2,200, 2,272. Very, I was actually quite happy with the score considering my recent weeks. Um, and yeah. did see me with a nice little jump up 9,977 spots into mm. 46,592. So still nice. not happy with where I am seat, uh, sitting overall, but uh, happy enough with the jump. And if I can make another couple. Um, in the next couple of weeks, um, it'll be happy days or happier days. I want to say, happy days. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I made the three trades this week, um, with some last minute changes as well. Once we had full teams announced and, um, Will Day was off the table. <clears throat> I ended up, uh, trading out Dockers as would have been known, uh, Cam McKenzie and Orwin Davy Jr., and brought in Tom Stewart, Samson Ryan, and Michelaney. This meant I ended up holding Chesser and also setters who were originally in the trade-out plans, which was handy with setters scoring, I think, in the 90s. Um, just felt better for a team balance, I guess, to to axe McKenzie knowing that he was sub um, and to potentially Ginby also not necessarily being the sub, but being subbed out and as he was, and setters, um, yeah, kind of knowing that he was going to be playing in the wet. Um, thought that would, uh, that would benefit him. Um, but let's have a look at our head-to-head -head there, Damon. <clears throat> um, in terms of the wins, you have four wins. I have just the one. So you're ahead there. And you have a 173-point differential, I guess, up 173 points as well. So looking good for yep. you. Yeah, not too bad. No, good good start. Good start. Um, good but start. I must say, previous weeks, that has been a little bit, uh, a little bit hollow 
uh, with only really one of us making mm. ground on the ranking stakes. So I must say that I am happy that you yourself, Liam, as well, have Thank catapulted you. up the ranks. So fingers crossed it continues for us both. And even though I do hold this, uh, you know, the dominance, I guess, in our uh, sort of overall head-to-head, weekly head-to-head, I think it potentially evens out uh, when it comes to our uh, I'm the captain <laughs> head-to-head. So we'll have to wait and see potentially. But I think maybe uh, you've got the wood on me again, but uh, we'll, we'll, we won't ruin it. We'll see. We'll see. Yes. Uh, no, um, I'm happy. I'm coming back. Coming back. It's feeling a little bit more even now. Uh, but let's see. Not even, but I'm, I'm catching up a little bit, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Now, let's... Uh, Let's delve into some some trades, some injuries, some underperformers. We've got some uh, we've got some trades to look at in the Price Is Right. Show me the money. For those tuning in for the first time, the Price Is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week, um, or whether a specific player in question should even be traded at all. But uh, before we chat about that, those trade options this week, uh, it's actually kind of exciting. We've had our first set of DPP mm. changes. You! Um, and there's, I think, it was over 40 players getting some added flexibility. Yeah. Uh, so we won't run through them all because uh, you can just have a look for them. <laughs> but uh, we might quickly touch on the most relevant ones. And Damon, do you want to start off with the defender, the, the now defender forwards? Yes, the now defender forwards. So they're probably the most relevant, uh, Mm. especially these first two names. And it is, no surprise, the Cheezle himself, the big Harry Cheezle, alongside his teammate in Jack Zebel, Jay-Z, Josh Bruce and Cooper Hamilton, the youngster, also getting defender forward eligibility. Yeah, and I think it'll be juicy as well because I think Seamus Mitchell, who's um, coming up, Mm. is also a defender forward. So if you can trade him in, you'll have a nice, in the opposite spot, you'll be able to have a nice little switcheroo as well, which yeah. is good. Um, moving on to the defender midfielders, we've got none other than Jordan Dawson headlining there, Darcy Wilmot, the suspended Will Day, Lockie Whitfield, Nasaya Wanganin, Malira, and Hunter Clark all getting defender and midfield eligibility. Very nice. And uh, in terms of forward and midfield, DPP additions, we have Youngster. And this is a surprise, actually, because I didn't even yeah. factor him in. And he's a guy that you have, Liam, and it is Will mm. Phillips. And uh, that's going to provide a bit of flexibility that uh, a lot of people yeah. didn't bargain for. So love that. And next on the list, we have Matt Roberts, the Youngster, uh, the most traded in player, the most traded in cash cow of this round. Uh, mm. So again, combined with their powers combined. I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Apologies for that. Just went off on a tangent, as I never do. Uh, but third up, we have Cam McKenzie as well, who, um, unlike <laughs> Matt Roberts, is going to be what out of most people's sides. So, <laughs> unfortunately, what an absolute waste, because I didn't even think he would get forward eligibility either. Um, mm. So, interesting there. But uh, I guess for those people that want to keep him, um, he might turn the tables and be a bit of a pod. But, yeah, he's right for the picking, which we will get into very shortly. But... Yeah, uh, we've pretty much covered uh, in terms of all those guys there. Um, so Jay-Z, She's all probably the most prominent names of the, the bunch. Uh, it's going to help those of us like uh, mm. myself, and I think you as well, Liam, in terms of those who started Sheezle. with a bit of a, a bare cupboard, uh, in a sense, in defense, uh, mm. with only one to two primos. Now we can switch You know, the likes of Jay-Z and Sheasel both, both back there. So uh, looking forward to doing that, uh, maybe even as soon as this week. 
Yes, yes, I like it. And uh, Dawson, Wilmot and Day getting coverage as well with their defender midfielder lines with the likes of fellow other defender midfielders in Chessar, Gimby and Constable slowly mm. making their way out of our sides as well. So it's it's good that we're getting getting to replenish, I guess, yeah, the uh, defender midfielders. And as you mentioned, the, the flexibility that Will Phillips will now provide is especially handy for those that didn't yet have a forward mid-swing activated. Mm. And Matt Roberts as a standout trade-in cash cow option also provides that option. So it's nice if you can make sure you have them in opposite areas of the ground yep. so you can move them around as needed. Very nice. Well, uh, let's delve into all things trades, uh, the juiciest part of mm. our weekly episodes. And first up, we have Going, Going, Gone. And it starts with uh, that man we just spoke of that uh, got the midfield forward eligibility. And it is Cam McKenzie. He's priced at 263.3K, averaging a 59.4 with a break even of, it's crept out to 89. Um, so overall, he's made us 83K. So juicy enough for a bit of a mm. um, culling, you could say. And luckily made his break even, uh, hilariously enough, despite starting as the sub, uh, because he ended up scoring one above his break even with a score of 14. But that's going to stick around in his rolling average for another couple of weeks and effectively hold his cash generation. So he needs to really score big to maintain his uh, current price and bring that break even down to really sort of replenish and kickstart that uh, cash generation. So even though it is handy, as we said, that he's got that forward DPP eligibility, it's probably time now to move him on um, at a point where it's probably his, his max uh, max price. So cash yeah. Max price definitely for probably the next few weeks. He might eventually yeah. increase, but it's probably not not going to be super useful overall. Um, hard to see him getting up to that break even of 89, um, considering his average. Uh, moving on, I've already traded him out when I heard that he was sub, so I definitely think it's worth moving him on. Uh, moving on to the next guy on the list, and it is Ruben Ginby, uh, mid-defender eligible, 296.8K, averaging 71.2 with a break-even of 81, and he has made us 125.5K in cash. And it's a bit sad because I feel like he mm. he probably showed the most, other than Sheasel, probably showed one of the most consistent capabilities of scoring. Yeah. Um, so was subbed out on the weekend with a score of just 51, which brings down that average. But it did help him make up an, uh, another 14.3K. Uh, but like McKenzie, it has halted his cash turn. Well, his break-even of 81 is achievable for him. His previous, uh, considering that he has, you know, scored around that mark, it is a bit of a gamble to hope he makes it. As he was subbed out, looks a little bit banged up, I guess. Um, yeah. So it may be time to move him on. Um, just, I guess, run with that 125.5K in cash. Yeah, it's an absolute shame. I was looking to potentially hold him for as long as I could mm. and probably be one of the uh, last few cash cows to get rid of. But say la vie, say la vie. Um, but I think, you know, he's one of those players as well that he's probably down the list in terms of, I think if you look at his break even um, and what he could score potentially, I mean, provided he isn't named as a sub or subbed off again, because that'll obviously mm. um, ruin any prospect of getting back to sort of kickstarting his cash in. But after this week, if he can score 71, just going by Supercoach Plus, he'll only drop 4.4K. And then in round seven, his break-even will then go down to 47. Um, and yeah. if he can maintain an average of 71, his cash gen will start to rise again by an extra 20, 30K, um, provided he maintains that average of 71, according to Supercoach Plus. But yeah, I think timing is everything at Supercoach. And uh, it's probably coming at a good time because there are other cash cows on the horizon to downgrade to. 
Exactly. Agreed entirely. Um, moving on to the next option, and it is Anthony Caminiti, uh, forward eligible, 229.9K, averaging uh, 56 with a break-even of 25. And he's already made 125 point, 127.5, sorry. K in a cash. So he is uh yeah, made his made his way, but he looks set to miss weeks. I mean he's been referred straight to the tribunal uh after that nasty incident against the pies, which left Nathan uh Murphy concussed. So I think it's looking at least four weeks, I'd say, um, for Kamenidi. Uh so obviously watch for the length of his suspension, but <laughs> I probably be offloading him. I can't imagine it'll be less than two weeks. Um, so besides that, with Membry also set to return, I think this week, his job security could be dwindling somewhat anyway. Uh, I'd take the 127.5k he has made you and run. Yeah, he's not going to make much more anyway um, upon return. I mean, he's he's only projected to go up another 20k maybe over the next three weeks um, that he plays. So, um, and by the time he returns... Who knows when he's, if he's out for four weeks. Um, yeah. I mean, mm. it's going to be hard to break back into that side, as you mentioned with, with memory coming back. So yeah, you might have to do his, uh, do his time in the VFL. Uh, but let's yep. move on to the next category and it is on the chopping block and we're kicking it off with Oscar Baker of the dogs. Um, he's priced at 252.1 K averaging a 58.6 with a break even of 46. And so far he's made us 128.2 K. So quite juicy finds himself in this part of the list because while his break-even is quickly approaching his average, it, that does indicate uh, his cash generation is slowing. Mm-hmm. Um, his three-round average of 65 is almost 20 points above his break-even, but he's really held up by his score of 95 against the Lions. So, um, yeah, a bit of a, a falsehood there. But, however, due to his break-even, still relatively low, um, is, is relatively low and achievable it means there is less urgency to cash him in ahead of say Jimby and McKenzie, who we are, uh, who we spoke of earlier. So mm-hmm. um, I guess again, comes down to timing. Timing is everything. There are a few cash cows uh, on the bubble this week, um, which we will touch on in the next category and get them in. Okay. So yeah, I mean, there's, you've got to weigh up the potential upside in terms of cash made by the new cash cows you bring in, as opposed to how much cash the Oscar Baker has left yeah. to make. And it's not too much more, I think uh, over the next few weeks, unless he has an absolute blinder, which um, going over his, his previous scores, apart from maybe one week, I think um, time is up for Oscar Baker. And sometimes it's worth like knowing, like, as you said, you might be holding him to make another 10 K Um and the risk is that he doesn't make that. The risk is he doesn't make his break even. He decreases in cash a little bit. Um, sometimes it's worth just uh, moving a player on, even if it may seem slightly early. Um, in this case, I don't think it's early. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not not the end of the world. Um, moving on to another option that you could consider trading out. Um, I had a play around with uh, the trade assist option, and it was uh, one of the players that it, it suggested I should trade out. Um, and it is... Cade Chandler. Yeah, very strange. Wow. Uh, forward eligible for Melbourne, 279.4K, averaging 73.8, with a break-even of 47, and he has already made you 155.5K if you had him from his first price rise. And like Baker before him, his break-even is approaching his average, um, but it's also important to look at his three-round average for his most recent form, which is 68.3, which is still well up on his foot. Sorry, 47 break even and is 
He is projected to rise another 10 to 12K if he can maintain his average. Also positively, he hasn't scored below 47, um, but his scoring is trending down slightly with scores of 90, 59, and 56 in his last three. One thing that I think is important to probably consider is his big scores have come at the MCG where he's got the space, a bigger ground, um, and he plays at the MCG, I think definitely next for this round, and I think potentially the round after as well. So it could be one to... Just to watch, I guess. I wouldn't be trading him necessarily if you if you can if if you don't need to. Um, I think he can eke out a, a decent enough score. But if you are absolutely desperate need of cash in a rookie to find an upgrade, he's not a bad option. Um, but I'd probably be looking as him as sort of third or fourth in line. Uh, if you have a McKenzie, it'd probably be McKenzie, Jinbi, uh, Kamenidi, and Baker for mine before yep. before Chandler, if you had all all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, spot on there. Uh, let's move on to the next category, and it is these juicy cash cows on the bubble. Uh, get them in. So we have uh, Matt Roberts from Sydney, who has uh, newly found his uh, midfield forward uh, eligibility, and he's priced at 129.8K, averaging a 33.5 with a break-even of negative 22, and he's gone up in price only 5.9K, despite the fact that he... Uh, had a bit of a uh, bit of a blinder on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played four of the five games in 2023, three of which he has started as sub, which resulted in scores of 27, 10, and four, and that saw his price drop 13.6k from his starting price of 123.9. So he still comes in at a very affordable price, despite that uh, mammoth 93 in in perspective mm. on the weekend. But, uh, you know, it is the first game that he started in and uh, with that newly added forward midfield DPP adds a bit of an extra string to the bow. If he is named again as a starter, he's definitely one to jump on given he has that negative 22 break even and uh, presents as a legitimate downgrade option at just 129.8, which is only, hilariously enough, only 5.9K above his starting price despite that 93 that he scored. So... Just nuts. Uh, it's a blessing in disguise, almost. Like yeah. the fact that he was started as sub for so long um, and he showed his wares now as the starting player. So everyone can jump on him. Like imagine if he started and he was, you know, averaging 50, 60 odd, it'd be hard to get him in. Uh, he'd be up, you know, sort of 170, 180K mark. And uh, yeah, we'd have to spend up to get him, but perfect, perfect timing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Next up, uh, we've got Matty Johnson, uh, mid-eligible from Frio, 139K, averaging 35. Break, sorry, 30, just it's weird talking about players as get-in options when they're averaging 35. <laughs> uh, a break wait, even there's of more. minus one, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's already gone up 15.1K, so yeah, it's all... It's all looking good for the Matty Johnson with an average of 35 <laughs> and he's gone up 15.1K. Why have we got him here? But wait! There's more. Well, he has started some in his first two games, scoring 24 and 14, but he has made his way into the starting 22 on the weekend and scored a 67 against the Suns. His minus one break-even will continue to fall, you'd expect, if he can continue his scoring around that 60 mark, especially given the first two sub-affected scores drop out of his price cycle over the next two weeks. So much like Roberts, the sub-scores have been an absolute blessing in disguise. Uh, they keep him at a reasonable price, so we can get him in if we are in need of a downgrade option as well. Like it. I definitely uh, will be looking at him. Uh, another guy that I'll be looking at closely this week is Jack Sinclair, 
And he's priced at 546.5K, averaging a 98.8 with a break-even of 113. So he does come in at a discount of 79.8K on his starting price after, after losing another 30.5K on the weekend. So Sinclair is a relative bargain, good old Sinks. Now, you may question why he's in the get-him-in section when his break-even is above his season average and his three-round average. And the reason is his matchup against my mob in Zibaggers. So his most recent score against the Baggers was a big 150 at Marvel. And two of his four most recent scores were 124 and 113. So on top of that, Carlton also gave away the second most points to wing defenders. So even with a break-even of 113, it's a very favorable matchup. And he could be in for a relatively big score on the weekend. Definitely one to consider, I think. Mm. Definitely one to consider. I, like I think he's. I think he's actually a bit of a um a bit of a pod as well from memory. Uh, yeah, I think, I think he's he, in about seven or eight percent of teams off memory. Uh, seven percent of teams, seven. So yeah, not too bad. I mean, yeah. if you are looking weighing up primos and you think he's going to go um half decently this week, there's one reason to sort of get him in. I guess he's going to give you a leg up over the rest of the competition. You know, ninety three percent that don't have him. So mm. sort of factor in. Yep. I don't mind it. One I'm definitely considering this week to help bolster the defense. Uh, moving on to the next option, it is Took Miller, 624.2K, averaging 115.4 with a break even of 112. And uh, the running man, like Sinclair, um, his break even and average might not necessarily necessitate getting him in this round, but his matchup suggests it may be worth it. He faces North, who he historically averages very well against, including 104, 167, and 131 in his last three games against them. He then also comes up against Richmond to have it's it's a weird one. I think we all are very interested in this Richmond matchup. Doesn't seem as though there's any real correlation between them giving up big scores to midfielders. Um, but they just don't have the tag that mm. um there's no tag risk, I guess. So I think that's why we're all kind of a little bit more um a little less wary of them. Um, but he has also historically good scores against him in his last three uh, with a 135, a 153, and a 124. He has toughened up in every game this season as well. And the last two has shown he still has a, a decent enough ceiling with scores of 122 and 127. So, yeah, could be could be right for the picking um, if you're in need of a midfielder. Yeah, I like it. He's um he's lost a little bit of a uh, little bit of cash as well across the journey. 38.2k. So I like it. Um, and knowing what he can produce, if he can get back to those heights, uh, yeah. where it's pretty much captaincy scores week in week out, absolutely jump on him. Uh, but a little bit of a pot option perhaps is Caleb Sarong. He's priced at 573.7k, averaging a 112.6 with a break even of 86. And yes. He's only sitting in 3% of teams. So you could say he's, uh, he's a definite definite pod, but has lit up the scoring this season, dropping below 100 on just one occasion in round one for a score of 70. And since then, he has gone 101, 146, 100 on the dot mm. and 146. So he's a bit of a smoky and not one for the faint heart, but Sarong could be a nice little pod to sort of get you ahead of the pack, uh, as it were. Yeah. Um, being that, um, yeah, that sort of a minute uh, ownership. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind jumping on someone like him. Um, decent price. Um, reminds me of sort of a parish of a couple of years ago in that sense. Mm. Um, yep. In terms of scoring, like really just started scoring really well. Bit of a breakout, low price. If you can jump on him now, 
might help you uh, rise up the rankings as well um, as a bit of a pod um, over the opposition. Um, I, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind the pick. Um, but moving on to another pod option. Ooh. <sighs> now this one feels a little bit weirder. Uh, it is Callum Wilkie, 503.7K, averaging 101.8 and a break-even of 18. Um, uh. Now, he hasn't historically been very super coach relevant, um, but with his best average, sorry, especially with his best average coming last season, which was an 82.5, but he is nothing if not consistent, having played 22 games in each season so far, except 2020, where he played just the 17, but uh, obviously the reduced season there. Uh, his scoring has really gone under the radar, uh, gone to another level as well. I think he's going under the radar because in the last three weeks, his scores read 104, 117, and 156. Um, his high scoring recent weeks is really coming off the back of his intercept game as well. He's averaging 4.4 intercept marks a game, which is rated as elite for his position and good kick to handball ratio as well. And a very strong kicking efficiency as well. All super coach gold. Um, He's a big, much bigger risk. He's just un, un, unsurprisingly 0.4% of teams. Um, <laughs> and he does come with a, with a low break even, uh, but his high risk without that historical backing to pick him up. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Without that historical backing for him. Um, so I don't know if I'd advise going for it, mm. but I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to do it. Like, yeah. I feel like it'd be, it'd be a fun ride. Or a terrible ride. <laughs> you know, you know, we uh, we always use that uh, that reference to Austin Powers when he's playing blackjack. And he's like, I also like to live dangerously, and he's literally going to lose blackjack. Like he can't, he can't, he can't have a hand of twenty one, and he's like, he has to hit, and he's like, I stay. Well, I won't lie to you. Cards are not my bag, baby. So this is literally what it is. Like it's it's impossible to jump on him and think that he's going to be the biggest breakout contender considering the, uh, the average, but having said that, I do like it. I do like yeah. it. I do like to live dangerously. Look, I'd probably, I'd, I'd prefer going on a, getting on a sarong rather than a Wilkie. Um, if I was looking at the two, <laughs> yeah. but there's something enticing about it. Like, I mean, we've got to consider, I mean, obviously St. Kilda lost on the weekend and he still managed a score of, I think 156, but <sighs> Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's been propped it's up just, well these past past three weeks. Thirteen marks, yeah. eleven marks, and eleven marks, and even prior to that, uh, nine marks against the dogs. But that was his lowest score of fifty-one. Um, mm. But yeah, maybe there's something in it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Just something to, to consider that for those there. that like pods. Yeah, exactly. As because uh, a lot of people have been considering, you know, the likes of Brendan Cox, uh, Dane Rampey, yeah. guys that historically haven't scored well. Um, so here's another name out there because some people may see his high scores and be like, oh, maybe there's something to it. But um, yeah. yeah, so he's, he's definitely one to touch on. I think he's one to touch on. I think probably comes a little bit differently because it looks like the role is really suiting his scoring. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think that's something to consider, the game plan, that there's there's, yeah. a, there's a logic to it. Yeah. Like it. Well, seeing as I want to roll in terms of uh, pods and whatnot, well, let's let's end with another one. Uh, and it is someone more familiar. It is a top scenario. <laughs> someone that's uh, circling for chips. And it is Jake the Seagull Lloyd. He's priced yes. 533.9K, averaging a 106.8 with a break even of 70. <laughs> Mind you, Ash is probably like downstairs thinking, what the hell? Is he just like an Avery upstairs? Yes, I do have an Avery of Jake Lloyd's. 
Uh, so yes, he is a name from years gone by. And so the question begs, is the Seagull back? So he scores for 2023, read 100, 102, 93, 120, and a 119. So he's back to taking kick-ins as well, yes. which is uh, most pleasingly sitting behind Blakey as the number two for most kick-ins for the Swans. And the cherry on top is he has also played on from all but one, but one for the season. So, yes, geez, we like, he, he, knows, know, he, the, he knows, he knows what the points are right. <laughs> <laughs> he knows all too well. Wouldn't surprise you if he's got himself and his own Supercoach team, classic oh, Jakey. Historically, he has a pedigree to finish as a top eight defender, no doubt. But does he have what it takes to do it again in 2023? And with an ownership of just 5.5%, he's one to consider for the pod hunters out there. I think all of out of all those that we spoke of, oh, it's just that romanticism almost to, to go yeah. back and go back to the well, as it were, and and uh, pick Jakey Lloyd again. Just the fun of it. I don't mind I don't it. I don't. I don't mind it. Yeah. I feel like there's pedigree. Like he's got the pedigree. He's got the historical backing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And price is good as well. Imagine having yeah. him and Dacos, the two seagulls. Oh, the two. You'd run out of chips. Like you'd need to like just <laughs> just go down to the freezer section, your local Woolies, Coles, and just just rock up to the uh, to the counter with you know a trolley full of bags of chips, and the the, the attendants just like, what are you doing? Do you own a fish and chip shop? No, I just own Jake Lloyd and I own Nikki Dacos, the two biggest seagulls like that, out. Like that episode of The Simpsons where they get the elephant and it's like the <laughs> elephant eats eats so much. Animals are a lot like people, Mrs. Simpson. Some of them act badly because they've had a hard life or have been mistreated. But like people, some of them are just jerks. Stop that, <clears throat> Mr. Simpson. <clears throat> it's just anyway, exactly like that. Just yep. like that. Uh, anyway... I don't mind Jake Lloyd. Don't mind him as a bit of a pod as well. Uh, On the bubble though, uh, let's look at some rookies who are right in line for their cash rises this week. Um, Let's kick off with Ned Moyle, 123.9K, Ruck eligible, averaging uh, 49.5 with a break even of a minus 27. Now he has played another game as a solo Ruck after Jared Witts missed again with soreness. Hmm. Something that he did suffer in the round three win against the Cats. Now, Moyle hasn't really set the wood on fire with his scores with just a 35 and a 64, but I guess with the the spectre of Wits sitting in, it's a weird one because obviously Wits is the the, the number one ruck, um, but we just don't know what, is he going to return? Is he not going to return? What's going to happen? Yeah. It's kind of hard to bring in Ned Moyle without knowing much about wits and we'll touch on him a bit later in the episode. Um, but yeah, tough one there. Um, I don't necessarily think it's worth wasting a trade on him with other rookies on the horizon. So I think he's one to avoid at this stage, but uh, just unfortunate, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. Um, another rookie on the bubble is Dylan Williams. He's priced at 123.9K as a forward, averaging a 57.5 with a break even of negative mm. 43. Has played his second game for the power. And despite being listed as a forward, he's actually playing as a defender where he has shown decent enough scoring with scores of 64 and 51. Now, it's, it's really hard to know his true job security, I think, at this stage. Um, Fantasia's on the injury list, but yeah, is he going to be thrown forward or maybe mm-hmm. stay down back? Um, I'm not too sure who is out of the side that um, or is on the cusp that could really sort of take return. over his role yeah. and return and you know make him a bit more expendable. So... With that, I think I'm a little less secure in bringing him into my side. Um, but yeah, each their own. 
Agreed. Agreed. I don't mind it. I think I think I'd look to the guys we mentioned earlier in the episode in Johnson and what's his name? Roberts. Yeah. Um ahead of ahead of probably any of these guys at this stage. Yeah, um so. but yeah, let's move on to the next one. And it is Bailey Humphrey from the Suns, 184.8k, mid forward eligible, averaging 38.6 with a break even of 30. And you can't fault his consistency. He's had a score of 39 and a 38, but his uh forward role isn't going to be super conducive to scoring. Sorry, that is an average of 38.5, not 38.6. Uh was a typo on my part. So uh, as we can see, as we can see this year, hopefully, yeah, maybe, maybe it's something to something to uh, consider. Uh the forward role, yeah, isn't going to be conducive to scoring, unfortunately. And I don't think we'll see much more in terms of an uptick in scoring for him at this stage. He's comes into that 184.8k price very high as well. Um, probably not much of a downgrade option, not giving you bulk cash. He was obviously a high draftee and has that very high break even of eight of 30. I think he'll be one for the future, but not for the now, unfortunately. So do not bring him in. Yep. hundred percent on board with that. Let's move across to the weight category. And uh, there's a name here uh, mm-hmm. that you could potentially bring in. You could wait. Yeah. Let's uh, let's delve into why. So it is Stephen Canilio Cogs, Priced at 485.6K, averaging a 96.2 with a break-even of 108. So he has dropped in price by 72.1K from the start of the year. So he is priced at an absolute bargain at the moment. But uh, we've also seen the variability in his scoring with big highs of 143 and low lows of 58 and 71. Now, he's one you could get in this week, as I said, as his break-even is achievable. But it's his upcoming fixture that suggests he could hold if you're eyeing off another primo like Sinclair, mm. for example. He does face the Lions this week, who are one of the hardest teams to score against for midfielders, and then Sydney, who are also very stingy. He is projected to drop another 6K on the weekend if he does score around about 95, bottoming out of 47.9K, making him right for the picking. So, um, uh, sorry, sorry, that should be, for, so that should be 479K. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. It's another typo. Jeez, everyone's like, wow, that's going to absolute yeah, talking about super bargains. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> get down there and, and get a get a pack of mixed lollies as well when you are when you buy him. Um, but yeah, he's going to be absolutely right for the picking. So, I mean, you, like I said, you could go for him this week or you can maybe hold off. I think one thing that held him back on the weekend from a high score, because he did end up eclipsing mm, 30 odd disposals. Enough, yeah. I think it was disposal efficiency again held him back and really mm. is putting a bit of a cap on his scoring ceiling. So annoying for those who already own him. Um, but something to keep in mind potentially is if you want to roll the dice and wait another week, if you've got other issues to deal with, like a Tom Green, for example, if you wanted to get rid of him, um, which probably shouldn't, but you know, if you've got other holes that you have to deal with, um, you could sort of address those before getting cogs. But what about other rookies on the horizon, Liam? Yes, there's a few on the horizon now, thankfully. Uh, we've got Aaron Cadman, who played his first game on the weekend. We've got Hal Rahan from the Giants as well. Ned Long. Um, from Hawthorne, Sam Sturt, Seamus Mitchell, Will Gould, Corey Warner, and Corey Wagner as well. Jesus, the Corey's the Corey Hotline. Yeah, the the Corey Hotline, exactly right. Hi, you've reached the Corey Hotline. Four ninety-five a minute. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey: glory, story, allegory, Montessori. (laughs) Uh, very good. I like that. 
uh, Simpsons reference for those of you who are listening <sighs> and tuning in and have no idea what yes. we're talking about. It's always Simpsons, <laughs> always Simpsons. Just remember that. Fall back on that. Uh, but also Seamus Mitchell. And there's a bit of a funny story mm. behind this. We won't delve into you know, the whole thing. But as you would have seen, <laughs> Liam and myself, we're avid collectors of select AFL footy cards. And I ended up getting duplicates of Seamus Mitchell uh, going back, I think it was last year, in mm. one of the uh, one of releases. And I was like, who is this bloke named Seamus? And it's just hilarious now that he's super coach relevant. And now we know who he is. And hopefully that drives up the uh, the value of my cards so I can hunt them <laughs> onto Hawthorne collectors out there because I've still got him and he could be a superstar. So uh, funny, funny. Yes. But uh, Liam... Let's delve into just quickly, I mean, it is probably one of the big talking points. And we do like mm. to do this now from week to week. Just touch on off the back of uh, talking about uh, trade-in, trade-out candidates. But it is what to do with Jared Witts. And I will throw it across to you first and foremost. Mm. Those people who own him, do they punt him or do they stick fat and, and uh, hold the door when it comes to yeah. Jared Witts? Yeah, it's a big concern considering he's missing again because of soreness. And it sounds as though he's been pulling up sore in matches and the Suns just don't want to risk him. Um, so there's a quote from Stewie Jew, um, about, about Jared Witts. And he said some games he's felt really good and other games he's worked really hard to get through it. And then he also said, it's a long year. We won't risk him. So I think their intention is to sort of hold him out, give him a rest, um, until he's right to go. Um, the problem is with that for us is, I mean, here's what, he'd probably be the wrong, the wrong side of 30 for, for super coach scorers as well, which is probably concerning as a Ruckman. Um, yeah, if, if he's pulling up sore and they arresting him as a result, does he, does that become something that happens throughout the year? Cause it sounds as though it's something that's not necessarily just recent. It sounds like it might've been more consistent through preseason as well. So, I mean, it just depends, I guess, on how many trades you've used. If you've had no issues and you've got heaps of trades, you could potentially move him on, get him across to a Tim English who, I mean, hasn't got a great injury history either. Uh, but <laughs> you know, you could, you could, you could look to move him on if you really wanted. Um, but I'd probably be looking more to get someone in your R3 for cover, like a Samson Ryan. Um, I mean, you could go on Ned Moyle cause if, if Wits is going to miss Ned Moyle is going to play. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably worth holding him for now. And I'd probably be looking more so towards getting an R3 that, or, or someone that you can at least use as an R3 to cover for him. Like, yeah, Samson Ryan or yeah, Ned Moyle. Yep. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. It's it's really problematic because it's so hard to read into given the club mm. is saying that it's it's just general soreness as opposed to a specific injury, which is super frustrating as, you know, there's no real clarity as to how long this will keep him out for or if it will persist, like you said, or if it's just, you know, now it's going to end. They've given him a couple of weeks off and now he's ready and mm. raring to get back into things. But if I was in that situation, I think I'd be prioritizing getting in Samson Ryan. If it were me, I would have done this last week mm. uh, before, you know, when it was announced that he's going to potentially take on the, the ruck mantle or at least share it as we saw on the weekend. And just because his ruck forward DPP, which we, again, we emphasized last week, the importance of it's, it's important for these very moments where ruckmen are out for the short term. Um, yeah. And it saves you eating a donut or having to use a trade um, for a one-week injury. And especially, imagine if this happens down the track, you know, not so much to wits, but say like another Ruckman um, across Supercoach finals. Like you're you're pretty much cooked because then you're having to rely on burning a trade because you've got no DPP swings, you've got no cover because presumably a lot of people mm. have Madden, unless of course they've got, they've got the other uh, rat. R2. Um, R2 Galea, um, which by that stage you should well and truly be out of your side. But... Uh, <laughs> as he should be now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, th I think 
yeah, if you're in this situation now, I mm. think, yeah, try and bring in as a bit of a DPP swing and persist. And then if it comes out, which if is the case, if it's if they come out and say that he's got an injury now, like that's an absolute slap in the face um, if the Suns do that now. But it is what it is. And I think, um, yeah, try and get cover if you can. Yeah, the other concern I think I have is does it become like a, what's his name? Mumford style thing with the G with with GWS a couple of years ago where he kind of played a few weeks yeah. then would have a rest played a few weeks and would have a rest um, if he isn't able to sort of get through the year I mean I, this is all speculation there's nothing to suggest that this is the case it's kind of just trying to read in read into what Stuart Jew has said and uh, get some sort of idea but it's hard yeah. to know I, th- I think definitely looking for an R3 option is probably the best thing you can do right now yep and like it's it, it might work as well at the very least. Now they've given uh, Ned Moyle a bit of a bit of a crack. Uh, who knows? He may share the ruck uh, with Moyle staying in the team just to give mm. him a bit of an ease back into footy. Um, so that might be an option as well, which isn't ideal for owners. But I mean, it's better than him not playing. Um, so yeah, just wait and see what happens there. But Liam, let's move on to the next segment, and it is I will uh, pass the baton to you yet again because it is called Liam. I'm. The captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes, and I'm the captain now. We chat about the VC and C options that we've got. You've got. We've got. We've all got mm. for the upcoming round in of Supercoach. And as always, uh, we we look into the data and we find the best options that you can consider. Now let's uh, start off with the vice captaincy options, Damon, and uh, let's I'll let you kick them off. Okay. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, Captain, my <laughs> Captain. And you are the Captain, of course, because you ended up picking the mm. higher Captain scorer. So we'll dive into that very shortly. But first up, as the Vice Captain option is Tim English. Uh, he faces Frio on Friday at 8.10pm at mm. uh, Optus Stadium. Has an average of 97 in his last four against the Dockers with scores of 86, 69, 143 and 90. And he's currently averaging a whopping 139.2 for the season but faces Freo, who are the hardest team for opposition rucks to score against. So could this be the week he drops and Hoda shuts him down by <laughs> holding the door? So hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. Um, at least for those of you who don't have English, because he's just, he needs to just, to borrow a term, come a down. He just needs to come a down because he's just, uh, he's just losing his shit, I think. Uh, just yeah. calm down, Tim English, and uh, just have a bit of a breather, mate. Yeah, maybe Shrek will say, not in my swamp. But anyway, let's move on to the uh to his teammate Marcus Bontempelli. Um, in this obviously in that same game, has an average of 122 in his last four against the Dockers with scores of 100, 149, 107, and 132. And he's also scored 122 and 145 in his last two matches, so he is running hot. Not much more to say. Yep. That's it. Hot to trot. That's him. That's Bont. Um, consider him. Next up, we have Sean Darcy, who faces the Doggies uh, on Friday, 8-10. Again, same game. Has an average of 86.5 in his last four games against the Dogs with scores of 59, 112, 113, and 62. Now, the Dogs are also the third hardest team for Rucks to score against. So, could be in for a bit of a downer considering his historical form against them too. So, it's going to be interesting. Having said that, with English... Mm. With Frio being, you know, the hardest team for opposition rucks to score against, is it just going to be like a, a nil all draw between English yeah. and Darcy? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Surely interesting one has to, see, to come out on top. Yeah, or do this? Do both score well? Do both score not well? Yeah, 
Like, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it might be, oh, it might be a bit, bit of a downer for both. Mm, not what I want to say. Not no. what I want to say. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next option. And it is Josh Kelly against Brisbane on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at uh, Monica. Monica Oval. Mm. Uh, has an average of 102.5 in his past four games against the Lions with scores of 131, 62, 122, and 95. So some decent scores, nothing to write home about necessarily there, but another VC option for you. Yep. And another VC option is in this same game as well. And it's uh, other side of the fence. It is Lockie Neal. Has an average mm. of 130.75 in his last four games against the Giants with scores of 164, 121, 87, and 151. Worked his way back into form of the weekend with a mammoth 176, <laughs> albeit against North Melbourne. But he uh, just, he was everywhere. Best on ground, just um, up there up there with uh, old Joey Danaher for best on ground honors there, but probably takes the cake there because he was instrumental in the win, especially early on. Um, great player. Consider him, if you have him, if you've held fat, you deserve to be rewarded because a lot of people traded him out as well early days. So if you still have him, consider him. Absolutely. Yep, definitely. I don't mind that option. Uh, next up, we've got Tommy Stewart against Sydney Saturday at 7.25 in his first game this year at GMHBA Stadium. And he is an average of 99.25 in his last four against the Swans with scores of 103, 115, 105, and 74. Now, off memory, I don't think any of those are at GMHBA. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think any of them are. So he he scores very well when he when he gets to play at GMHBA. So it could be in for a monster score. I will quickly if you want to jump yeah. into the next one. I'll look yeah, up his. He has an GMHBA. he has an S S S A G the past two, and then the other one was uh Hobart Stadium. Was what's H- HBS? HBS. Yeah, maybe yeah. Hobart. Uh, unless GMHBA changed the name. Canadian Park changed their name to something else, which they do every second year. So it might've been, um, but I'll, I'll jump into the next, um, although it is the next category, of course, his ca- captaincy option. So Jordan Dawson is the first one up faces the Hawks on Sunday at 1 10 PM at Utah's stadium has an average of 83.75 in his last four games against the Hawks with scores of 80, 73, 78 and 104. But we all know what he's done in the past couple of games. So uh, against uh, some soft opposition uh, to put it lightly in the Hawks, could he be in for another blinder? Um, McGuinness, though, could he be Could he be one to tag? Mm. Maybe. We've been calling out for McGuinness to tag people, and Sammy Mitchell hasn't really done it. So is this the game the where they – or do they just pay attention to Laird instead? Nah. <laughs> As a Laird owner. <laughs> yeah, surely. Come on, come surely on, Sammy. Go, go for Jordan Dawson, as, as we both say, as non-owners. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, any 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 clarification there, Liam? You've been scrounging the, uh, the data there? Yes. I'm just having a look at his rec- most recent scores at GMHBA. And he's got a 106, a 48, a 112, uh, a 1... Oh, no, sorry. 174, uh, 122. So, yeah, 187 against Frio. Some big scores at... Um, at GMHBA for yep, Tom Stewart. Nice. I like it. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move on to the next next bloke. And that is Rory Laird, obviously against Hawthorne as well. He has an average of 129 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 125, 111, 178, and 102. Mm. Very, very good scoring there. But again, the McGuinness tag, does it does it come into effect? And does it go to Laird or does it go to Dawson? Yeah, interesting as well. It's hard as well because Sunday games, you're going to have to almost roll the dice uh, on um, 
mm. on as a, as a captaincy option as opposed to VC. But um, maybe you use him as a VC if you've got someone like a, a, like a Tookie, Tookie Miller potentially uh, with a later game, which we'll get into shortly. But next yeah. up, we have Jack Sinclair against Carlton on Sunday at 3.20 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. Has an average of 110.25 in his last four games against the Blues with scores of 150, 89, 95, and 107. And Carlton also give away the, as we mentioned earlier, the second most points to opposition slash wing defenders. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, to see if you can actually uh, score around about that mark. Um, But yeah, they, the, the saints, no question about it. They, they perform well at Marvel stadium as well. So uh, a couple of um, sort of feathers in the cap there for Sinclair as Mm. a captaincy option. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. Um, moving on to the next game, and this is this is one of those weird rounds. We've got Tuesday games, so it's very spread out in terms of mm. games. Uh, so next up, we've got uh, Tookie Miller against North Melbourne on Sunday at four forty PM at Heritage Bank Stadium. Must be up is in that, is it know, Tassie. Actually, is it Tassie or is it in, per, uh, uh, in Gold, Gold, Gold Coast, Coast somewhere? Apparently. Yeah, it's Gold uh, Coast. It's yeah. I think it's um it's Metricon. Oh, that's metric. what it is. Yep, gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So Took Miller has an average of 131.25 in his last four games against the Roos with scores of 167, 104, 131, and 123. So very nice scoring pedigree there. And to top it all off, North also give away the most points to opposition inside midfielders. So oh. Took Miller, get on him. Oh, absolute field day. He's going to mm. feast. Absolutely feast. Uh, but next up, we have Luke Davies, Uniac, LDU, uh, UDL, whatever you want to call him, uh, in that same game. Has an average of 99.5 in his last four games against the Suns with scores of 109, 95, 78, and 116. Uh, and part of the reason why we've listed him here is um, the Suns give away the fourth most points to opposition inside midfielders. So if it's an all-out attack type game, he could benefit um, in Ooh. that respect. So look at him as a bit of a, maybe a, a point of difference type, uh, type option. Yes. Now let's move on to the Monday, uh, mm. 720 MCG against Richmond. We've got Clary Oliver, the pink sweaty pig himself. He has an average of 122.5 in his last four games against the Tigers. Uh, with scores of 168, 115, 96 and 111. So it could be in for a big score here. He uh, doesn't mind playing, playing there. And uh, mm-hmm. I think as well, potentially, Coming off a loss could be absolutely ready and raring to go. Um, yeah, get back yep. onto the winner's list. So I don't mind the look of a Clariola for if you have them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have his teammate in Brody Grundy. Has an average of 127.25 in his last four games against the Tigs with scores of 140, 115, 137 and 117. So... He should ruck alone unless Gorn comes back into the side. Um, and if he rucks alone, he's going to be in for a massive one. As Richmond, as as we all know, are forced to utilize the inexperienced duo of Miller and Ryan. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Having said that, though, Grundy, I'm surprised he scored as well as he did on the weekend because mm. he was given an absolute bath by Phillips and, uh, and Draper, wasn't he? Yeah, I was surprised by his scoring. I think around the ground... It was it was a little bit interesting. I think Phillips probably stuck to him a little bit more, um, yeah. but when he wasn't playing forward, and I feel like Grundy and Draper kind of didn't pay each other too much yeah, okay. um, respect in terms of they would run off each other um, and not kind of play too defensively. So it probably benefited him there, 
But um, yeah, interesting. I think it just it'll depend on Gorn. Really, is Gorn back? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we don't. I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's move on to the Tuesday game. I was going to say the Sunday game because that's normally the last game of the round. Uh, but no, Tuesday, three twenty, MCG Anzac Day, Nick Dacos against Marmob in mm. the Dons. Now. He's got a 75 average in his two games against the Dons both last season with a 71 and 79. So not a great deal to report on there, but uh, we all know what form he has been in and a big, big occasion. Now I have, I've thought about this a little bit and I wonder whether the Dons play a Caldwell on him. Um, Mm. So Caldwell's been playing half forward, um, could make him a little bit more accountable um, and sort of play that tagging role. Um, we know he tagged, obviously, what was he? Who was it last Lockie year? Um, Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal to great yep. effect. Um, could do, and I think took Miller as well. Um, so could do mm. the similar thing to, to Nick Dacos potentially. So something to consider. I, I don't know whether it will happen or not, um, but yeah. I like um, that. I, something, something just to consider. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sure, surely someone's going to try and at least, apart from, I mean, uh, Hinkley tried to do it with, uh, what's his name, Jones, and just was never going to be the, the good matchup. But yeah, that's that's probably a like for like. I mean, especially considering that he he ran with Tookie Miller and he is the running mm, man for a reason. Exactly. Like, yeah. His endurance is very high. Nick Dacos obviously loves to run and receive the ball down the field in the chain of uh, possessions. But yeah, it, it could work well. I think it's a like for like um, sort of weakness up against uh, strength or, you know, strength, strength against strength. So it's going to be um, interesting to see how the cards fall there. Uh, but uh, finishing off the uh, rounding out our captaincy options here is Darcy Parrish in that same game, obviously, and loves playing the Pies and um, Anzac Day. He relishes Anzac Days, I think. He does. He uh, does. He's won an Anzac Day medal, hasn't he? Yep. Won the one, yep. yes. Yep. Has an average of 107.75 in his last four games against the Pies with scores of 133, a big 162, uh, and then tempered uh, by 74 and 62 as we go further back. Um, when he was playing probably less time in the midfield. Um, but yeah, he is one to factor in if you do have him or looking to bring him conversely into your side. Um, so Liam, shall we jump into our, uh, and just to round it out as to the reason you're wearing the uh, captain's hat for those regular listeners and viewers, we all know what it means, but I'll hand the baton to you. What does it mean? Rub my face. Yeah, let's out. jump into it. Let's jump into our captaincy head to head. I've yeah. had a little bit of form here well, with my third bit on the trot, which was nuts uh, with English, um, outscoring, you had Dacos by just 11 points. So it was very close, very close. Mm. I was a bit nervous. Uh, it's pushed <laughs> me into the lead with, because uh, th- this is the only thing I've got going for me at the minute. Uh, it's pushed <laughs> me into the lead with uh, three wins and one loss. And you're obviously, Dame, conversely, one win with three losses. And uh, the point differential of 49 points in my favor at this stage. Um, so as we know, the rules, Damon, uh, you the first pick this week. So who's who's it going to be? Yes. Well, first, I must say that uh, we both chose a half-decent option on the weekend in terms of captaincy mm. scores. So not too displeased, even though you, you did, of course, beat me. But hopefully our listeners and viewers are appreciating our form. And anyone that mm. has these sort of players, hopefully you're benefiting from it. Because I reckon you're probably uh, benefiting more than our actual captaincy and VC picks with guys in our teams. Um, yeah, pretty much. But I think it would be reckless of me to select anyone other than it took the running man Miller given he's 131.25 average against the Roos combined with his 
first and foremost, his form on the weekend and the fact that North give away the most points to opposition inside mids. Aside from him, there are a couple of nice options. I'm not going to mention them because I might give you ideas. Um, but uh, yeah, he is uh, by far for me the standout option. What about yourself, Liam? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> to be I actually I don't know. I'm um, glad I didn't. I didn't. Uh, no, didn't, didn't mention I their names. haven't thought of anyone particularly. I the only one that I kind of stands out to me is probably Clayton Oliver, and I don't know why. Yep. Um, so I think I'm going to go him. Yep. <laughs> just, no real reason. Just, just going to go Clayton Oliver. Um, yep, that's, that's I think he's it. a decent option for those that have him. I mean, I'd like to go a Parish just because he loves Anzac Day. Um, yep. But I don't think he's in enough teams. So um, I feel like it's it's a bit pod. I'm going to go Clary. And I must make mention as well, you probably recall uh, this time last week, I was weighing up between, I had Dacos. Laird mm. and Neil. And I said, I bet you the one that I go for is going to score the least of the three. Yeah. You know what happened? Even though exactly. he scored quite half decently, exactly yeah. that happened. He scored one, two, eight. Laird scored one, three, five. And Neil, he ended up scoring, what was it? 176. Yeah. Ah, classic. So hopefully someone chose. <laughs> I reckon don't, don't choose my option. Probably, probably go for your option. Um, mm. But yeah, it is, it is know. what it is. Is what it is. Now, Liam, we would normally delve into the next segment, which is, of course, called... Hey, I got to know. That's it. Exactly. That's it. But we are, as we have done uh, with our previous guest in Supercoach Masters, we're reserving this segment uh, for our catch-up collab Mm. chat with uh, with Shorty. Um, So, yeah, jump across to that. We will be uh, whacking that up on YouTube and yeah, if you want to uh, check out our collaboration and uh, listen to some of the questions that we'll be answering um, and a bit of banter, a bit of everything else mixed in between, feel free to jump across to that. So let's move on to, uh, before we round things out, just uh, touch on how things are, uh, are falling, how the cards are falling in our Supercoach uh, public group, our Patreon exclusive group, and of course, our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League. So Liam, I'll pass this on to you. Let's jump into the Supercoach Edge Cup public group first. And the leader for the second week in a row is uh, Rehab with their team, Colin Good. Uh, scored 2,322. Nice. Uh, total score of 11,221. Very nice. And an overall rank of 157, which was up 62 oh, spots. Wow. So very, very good there. And the top scorer for the week was Mark with his team, Silver Pigeon, with a huge score of 2,456. Oh. And he finished. 95th for the round. Gee whiz, done very well there. Um, for our Patreon exclusive group, the leader is T, once again, of Prestitutes Inc. <laughs> uh, with a round score of 2302 and total score of 10,995. And uh, as I said, T was also the top scorer, uh, not only the last round, but uh, this round as well. So a bit of a double serving of uh, well done, mm. a couple of uh, double scooping there for you on your uh, on your Supercoach Edge cone as it were, preferably. Yes, and in terms of our Supercoach uh, Patreon-exclusive cash league, uh, the uh, the results looked to something a little bit, not a little bit, they just looked exactly like this. Uh, <laughs> Popper Ball FC was defeated by DJ Trade a lot. Look at go. Uh, <laughs> Black on White <laughs> was defeated by Tun618. Now, that was a big matchup. I'm pretty sure that was first versus yeah. second. Uh, so, whiz. Matt with Tun618 got up 
which is good for him. Uh, Church of Parish defeated by the Sharpshooters. I sit on zero wins still. I'll talk about that a bit <laughs> later. Uh, Tankers <laughs> defeated by Carps, Crushers um, with a nice score of 2,300. And Sharpshooters, admittedly, I lost to the person that scored the highest. So I am yeah. going to sit with that. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in yeah, that. I am going to, I'm going to, yeah, most certainly sit with that in mind. Um so we'll look at the uh look at the look at the ladder. And we, we have Matthew Tun. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Matthew with his team Tun 618. He is in top spot. He's gone up. Black on white. Scott Arthur, he moved down one spot. So that that matchup was very important. Now Brett, the sharpshooters who defeated me, he's gone up one spot and sits in third. Carps Crushers has fallen one spot. Uh Wade, uh, he sits in fourth. Uh Damon, you sit in fifth spot on eight wins. Uh, you've moved up a spot. Popper Ball eight, FC. Eight wow, this so eight points. Yes, so eight eight points. Eight wins would be nice though. Eight wins would be nice, especially because we're playing for about four <laughs> four games. Uh, but you have moved. It was a lot of movement based off one up, one down. Um, it was, yeah. Teams that played each other uh, in consecutive spots. Uh, so you sit in fifth. Popper Ball Dylan in sixth. Peter with his team tankers in fourth and me very lowly down the bottom on zero wins uh, in the, I'm just letting everyone, I've got to let everyone win. I've got to yeah. do the good thing for the, for the, for the Patreons. Oh, that's, that's very noble of you. Thing. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. You're holding up the ladder for everyone. Exactly. Like, I'm right, making sure. <laughs> you know, guys, you, you keep, keep climbing. That's why I'm going to hold it until you're like yelling. You're like, all right, can I come up yet? No, <laughs> it's a no, no. Liam, no Liam's club. Yeah, it's close. You'll be back. Don't worry. At least you got tankers oh. almost there and pop a ball, keeping a little bit company. So all it that. takes is for you to get a win, both those guys to get a loss, and you're already, uh, maybe not through points differential, but, no, but no, maybe, no. maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to make you feel better, and it's not working. Oh, Apologies. I'm really not that fast. Yeah, I'm happy that the uh, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community are uh, the Patreons. Are, uh, are up the top of the ladder. I like it. I love it. I love it. Just like when you said I'm not that fast, I just imagine that meme of like, you know, the cartoon face wearing a mask with like a smile on it. Oh, yeah. And then much. behind it me. is the I'm guy like crying. crying. Yeah, that, that's me right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, that does bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, uh, on YouTube. If you want to get the full, full experience, audio and visual, uh, you, you can search your mask? Supercoach. Me, yeah, exactly. I'm actually, yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you're just missing out. Uh, you're gonna search <laughs> Supercoach Edge. Rolls down your cheek. <laughs> a single tear. <laughs> a single tear. Yeah. Uh, more, more to be cried later. Uh, don't forget to <laughs> like and subscribe on Twitter. <laughs> you can find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge for all the memes, all the latest news, all the that stuff. Uh, Damon at Damon J88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, and on Facebook, Insta, TikTok, uh, search Supercoach Edge, and that's where you'll find us. Absolutely. And thanks also to those that have got around us on YouTube by mm. subscribing to our channel and helping us in our pursuit of hitting 1K by the end of the season. So if you haven't already subscribed and are keen to help us on our way and support us, if you love, love our work, love what we do from week to week, um, it'd be awesome just to give us a little bit of a click and uh, subscribe. So we thank you in advance, but that's it for another episode. So thanks as always for tuning in. All the best, of course, for the round ahead. And we'll catch you same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.